I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Coming at you today, we're recording our Tuesday, Wednesday episodes, or maybe Thursday, Friday. I don't know how Andrew's going to do this, man, but we're live on Instagram and we're taking your questions on Instagram. Every Saturday, 1 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, come hang with us on Instagram and uh, ask your questions. So we're here. What's up? I see uh, Clapper Dapper's in the house. Clapper Dapper's in the house, and I was actually going to grab his question first, if that works for you. Oh, but to answer your question, what's up? You know... Just living that living that jazzy pandemic lifestyle, man. That's how we do I it. I know, man. Another great show. Another great uh, shelter-in-place show last night, Pete. It was really, really cool. They're oh, all thanks. really cool, but I feel like last night it was like you're in such a groove with the solo piano thing. I've never played those kinds of intimate solo piano concerts one in a row in a row in a row like you're doing now. I'm pretty sure you probably haven't done a ton of those where it's like you're preparing a new concert a new set list every week. That's got to be that's got to be cool and it's got to be a challenge and yeah, no it is. It's it's been a definitely a challenge and it's been you know kind of combined with just a lot of solo piano playing and a regular schedule. I haven't done that. Um I mean, you know, the touring or doing gigs in town, everything's kind of you do it and then you stop, you do it, you know, you kind of follow a certain schedule, but like a weekly kind of thing, it's been very good for me cuz it's been kind of, you know, dovetailing with what I've been practicing on. And trying to prepare for that, so um, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Lot of yeah, fun. killing, um, just killing. Cool. So, should we get into some questions? Is that is that how we're going to roll up in here? Yeah. What's uh, what's Jeff Clapp's question? First of all, big shout out to Jeff Clapp. Um, big shout out to yeah, Jeff Clapp. Uh, he asks, "What's a fabulous part of playing behind a singer?" A fabulous part? Yeah. So playing I guess that behind would, yeah, I mean playing with or accompanying, I guess. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair question. For me, it's I mean, as a pianist, we get to do a lot of free rubato back and forth with singers. I think when you when that moment where you really get what's where they're gonna go and you're almost reading each other's minds, and then something special happens unexpectedly. Those are my favorite parts, yeah. for sure. And then also, you know what else is cool, too, is a really great singer. I think they can um, they can command an audience unlike an instrumentalist. There's something about language and the human voice to human voice uh, thing that is, as, as much as I love instrumentalists, I think it takes a very special instrumentalist to be able to command what a fairly good singer can do on the regular because they have the, the language thing because they're, they're using a, a voice that everybody hears since they're a child. I think there's something special about that. So being part of that is really cool. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's cool. Actually, I was going to say something else, but that sort of made me think of, I mean, there's so many wonderful things about playing with great singers. Um, but this idea of, vocalist ability to, to connect in a in a very direct way with the audience i feel like that it kind of when you're playing with them you know you're all together so it's like they're taking care care of that sort of connection it's like you know you go to a party and you've got somebody really cool that you're with that introduces you to everybody so then you yeah. can just be charming on your own you know right <laughs> not yeah. difficult for me as you know okay. uh, but okay. uh <laughs> okay but you know the the idea that that you know of course we're all you know, no matter how we play, be it solo piano, be it with a group, be it with a singer, without, we're always trying to make that connection, of course, with the audience. But when you've got somebody whose instrument has a natural kind of entry point, they've got that kind of just charm and built-in thing. And if they're a great singer, 
all, all the more so that it sort of takes the pressure off and just the amount of energy we as pianists have to spend on working on that connection. The connection's kind of already there and it's like set on the table. So what you don't want to do, and I see a lot of pianists um, make this mistake, is to kind of ignore it and say, okay, that's taken care of. No, you just got to get on the wave. You just have to ride the wave that's right. that, that's been given because that that's what it's all about. I mean, I, I sometimes I've tried to figure out, I'm like, man, am I just selling out as I get older in terms of only worrying about making a connection with the audience? But I think it's such an important thing and such a big part of what we're doing and what we're supposed to be doing and what our job is and what our role is and really what our mission is as musicians, that anything can help make that connection, you know, and that human voice, as you say, is really the conduit and that, and that connector. That's right. Yeah, yeah no, that's absolutely true. Uh, okay, other questions. Please leave us your questions. This is our live Q&A for our, our You'll Hear It podcast. So what else we got here? Do you see anything good? Yeah, I see one um, from Christian Yee. What's up, Christian? Christian's been here, I think, on every one of our lives. Always has some great questions. I think up in northern yeah. Illinois. Hope he's doing well. Um, and this question is, what are some ways you practice odd meters? So maybe I'll jump in on that. Um you know, practicing odd meters, you know, anything that we're doing in general that's working on our time. And I, I always like to think of like ear training. Traditionally, we're always thinking of ear training as, you know, learning inter intervals, learning different chords, learning to identify um, different melodic movements, learning to identify different progressions. And that's probably the biggest part of ear training. But I think rhythmic ear training is very important as well. And I always encourage folks to spend some time um as you're doing your other ear training. So like when we talk about, you know, learning a solo or picking things off of a recording or even just picking something off of the radio and trying to find it, you know, a lot of times we're automatically picking out the rhythm and stuff as well, but we're more concentrated on hearing what the notes are. But if you can pay a little bit more attention as you're doing that to what the rhythm is, that's just going to help with your general sort of rhythmic intuition and rhythmic ear training. And so that's like the first thing. And, and that's the more... Um, just foundational in general, like working on your time, working with the metronome, that kind of thing. The specifically for odd tempos, it really becomes a matter of playing them enough so that they don't feel odd anymore. It's like right. if you're still calling them odd meters, then you need to just work with them more. And you can break it down, simplify and isolate. We talk about and say if you wanted to work on seven, playing in seven, you might take a blues or some other form that you know so well that you don't have to think about that aspect of what you're practicing. You're just thinking about the playing in seven you know and so and then really kind of slowing things down and then the whole function of what how you're practicing is doing it enough so that you can move away from counting you know in that odd meter that's that's when you kind of cross over the bridge into being able to actually play and it not being odd anymore is when you can just sort of feel it as you're playing but that takes yeah. a lot of isolated work i would say also well yeah go yeah, ahead go no no it's good Oh no no no! So I, I agree. I think that's those are the those are the the main points. Is you got to spend time with it. There's no getting around it. You can't just count your way to it because it's going to just sound like you're counting, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm by the way like no expert on on super hard odd meters at all. Not claiming to be, but I, I have spent time with some of the like basic odd meters, five and seven and nine and all that stuff. And what I found that helped me is is a to like you said, spend time with it because. You first, you just get a feel for sort of the bigger rhythms of the odd meter, right? Um, 
so that you're not just like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, one, you know, so that you can really feel the, the dotted quarter notes, quarter notes and, and sort of the chunks. But then just like in four, four, remember when you just thought like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then a day came where you were thinking like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. Like your first pattern over two bars as opposed to, you know what I mean? Like a, a basic kind of dotted quarter note three four like three over four pattern that can really lock in that four four then and we all have that at some point but do you have that over first three four then probably seven then probably five then not like you that just takes spending time with those like over the bar line things so that when those happen you're not like (laughs) and it's not hard you just got to get familiar with how they feel you know yeah no that's great and i think just introducing those slowly but methodically into your practice routine as you simplify and isolate over these odd uh, odd time signatures can really help and you know the idea of playing over a bar line it becomes so important i mean it's always important because music flows as music flows you know and um the listener doesn't know anything about where the bar lines are so you know when you're in an odd tempo being able to not be constricted to each of those one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, a dip, 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 you know, we usually, what happens is people wait until they're like, well, let me wait until I don't have to count it anymore. Then I'll start playing over the bar lines. But then it's not necessarily too late, but you sort of stunted your growth a little bit. You need to start experimenting with that as you're practicing. And look, when practice is all about making mistakes. You know, I mean, throw up all your bad shots and practice. So, so you have to challenge yourself. You want to do it in an isolated way so that your mind and your ears can grow. But that's definitely the, the time to work through these things. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Uh, Mitchell asks, what's up, Mitchell? Are there any cool ways to use common tones between chords? There's a lot on guide tones and connecting non-common tones. It would be cool to add cool ways to use common tones. Maybe they're not cool. No, common tones are totally cool. The first thing that I think about when I think about this is is that the old adage that any melody note can be played over any bass line and chord. That's up to you. Like you Can I get to, an amen? <laughs> you need to spend time learning how to put any note and make it work over any uh, bass note, any root or any chord. It's possible. It does work. So you just have to to do that. Like take your favorite tune and see if you can hang on one note over everything and make it work somehow. You know, it's challenging, but you can do it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, um, you know, common tones is something that, well, it's something that you and I share in common. Right, Adam? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yep. Sorry. But that, yep, 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 yep. No, but, we're, you know, when we look at reharmonizing certain melodies, I look at that as kind of a conceptual approach to common tones in that. You're, you're taking one tone that's common to several different harmonies and starting to learn about that. Again, you can experiment in this um, as you're practicing, um, especially on things that you know really well. You know, I can't stress that enough. Like, like when you want to learn new things or develop parts of your practice, keep as many elements sort of stable, you know, yeah. as you're going. It's just like if you're if you're cooking and you want to try a lot of new things. Don't don't try a new spice and a new vegetable and a new saute pan and a new wine to go with it all in the same night. Like get the ones that you know you can do and introduce one new thing so that your mind, so that your ears as us because we hear before we see the music that Word. we um you know, get a chance to really constant even if you can do more than that. Like you want to train your ears to be able to concentrate 
on what it is that you're working on. That's where you get into that kind of flow state and you get into that rapid progress in, in your practice. That's right. Uh, another thing you might try, Mitchell, is just take one right now, like today. Take a, take a, a D-sharp, right? And see if you can go through the cycle of fourths starting on D-sharp and keep a D-sharp on top. So you just have a D-sharp in the bass, a D-sharp in, in the melody, and put a chord there that works for you, and then see if you can take the bass note, the root note, up a fourth and keep that D-sharp where it is and, and make a chord that sounds good. So, right, so you could go, like, just D major, six, two, you know, or, sorry, D-sharp major, six to, like, you know, uh, uh, G-sharp minor, seven or something like that but there's there's options you're going to see all these options for the common tones and just take that through the cycle force and all 12 keys keeping that d sharp on top and you're going to you're going to get really really good feel for uh how to put any chord in any bass note with a melody note good good um why don't we do one more question here for today's episode see how i did that there adam what yeah and we just want to well you know we're going to keep going but uh we just want to say that we are sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com to check out everything we have, including the All Access Pass. Peter, I don't know if you know about the All Access Pass. I don't think we've told you about it, honestly. We just kind of built it behind your back. But it's everything that we offer at Open Studio. We, I wasn't supposed to tell you that. What uh, it's you everything, everything we make. Like, like private concerts, private, private uh, sessions with Adam Manis? No, not at all. Nothing like that. But all the video courses that we make, courses from people like you and Jeffrey Keezer and Ailey Walvez and myself, and then other non-pianists, I don't know why, but we've invited people like Christian McBride and Diane Reeves and Greg Hutchinson and Ruben Rogers and just and Steve Wilson, Sean Jones, Warren Wolf, Peter Sprague, Amaro Lobombo, so many amazing folks uh, over to make uh, courses for us. And uh, yeah, if you go get the All Access Pass right now, you can check all of that out. It's not that bad either. It's pretty affordable. So go check that out, openstudiojazz.com. Right, and I believe that the correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just hearing about this all act this supposed all access pass right now. <laughs> we um, really should have told you about this long ago. But does that also include access to our um, growing popular Sunday green room sessions with our artists and surprise artists? Does that give them it access does. to that? It gets you access to a couple things that are only available for all access pass and piano access pass folks. The green room Sunday sessions where we've had people like Diane Reeves show up. Yes. Last week we had Sullivan Fortner and Emmett Cohen and yes. Carl Allen show up. Yes. Amaro Lobombo's in there every Sunday. Yep. Uh, you also get access to my guided practice sessions every day. I'm leading a daily guided practice session. Those are only available for all access pass and piano access pass folks. So go check that out. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, until tomorrow, you'll hear it.